Good morning again. Welcome to Prairie View Christian Church. Thanks for joining us here today. Now we're in my having our Seasons of Life sermon series this morning, seeing what God's Word might have to say to us in three very different stages of life, three very different age ranges. So last week we focused on our first season of life. That's youth. We define that as ages 0 through 29. Next week, we'll focus on our final season of life, old age, which is 60 and up. And naturally, that means that today we're focusing on middle age, ages 30 through 59. So we'll do the same thing today that we did last week. I'll preach for about 15 minutes, briefly take us to a few passages of scripture that may offer us some wisdom about middle age. And of course, this is different for me, different for you. But we'll call people up at the end of the sermon, several middle-aged congregants to the stage, and ask them a few questions, and allow them to share some thoughts, some experiences, and some wisdom with us. But before we do that, let's open our Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Feel free to use the Bibles we have here if you didn't bring one, and take a Bible home if you don't own one. But before we go any further, let's pray together. Father, again, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time that we have together. Thank you for the ability and the freedom that we have to gather in this place, uh, to publicly sing your praises, to publicly remind ourselves and remind each other of your son's broken body and shed blood on the cross. The opportunity to pray, the opportunity to give, the opportunity to learn from your word, and Father, simply the opportunity to be together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, We need this every single week. Uh, There's a reason that you gave your people the church, because we need the church. And so, Father, I pray that what we do here today would be beneficial for us, that it would build us up and encourage us and grow us as your children, as followers of your Son. But I also pray that what we say and do here this morning would be honoring to you. And, Father, we ask that you give us wisdom as we navigate the various seasons of life with whatever it is that we might be facing at this time, whatever season of life we might be in. I pray that you'd give us wisdom and discernment and faithfulness to glorify you and honor you and love you with whatever life might throw at us. We love you. We ask this all in Christ's name, and we thank you again for this morning. Amen. Well, starting in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. For everything there is a season, and a time of every matter under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted. So in these well-known verses, maybe some of the most well-known from the book of Ecclesiastes, the preacher focuses on birth and death. Now, when you think about it, these are the two extremes of any lifetime, the beginning and the end. However, we also shouldn't overlook what happens in between. There is a time to be born and a time to die, but there's also a time to live. There's a time to plant and a time to pluck up, but there's also a time to grow and bear fruit. So it may be easy to overlook this week in our sermon series the middle age week, 
and focus on the other two Sundays, the two extremes of youth and old age. Because if youth and old age are the two extremes of any lifetime, then middle age could be viewed as nothing more than a transition between the two. And it's always easy to overlook transitions. But this season of life is absolutely worth talking about. Because like youth and like old age, middle age has its own unique blessings and opportunities, along with challenges and temptations. So starting with some of the blessings of middle age, you could call them the goods or the joys. Some people might argue that middle age is the prime of life. You still have some of the strengths of your youth. They haven't completely gone away yet. But by the time you get to middle age, you've also started to gain some of the strengths that only come with the experience of someone older. Last week, we read Proverbs 20, verse 29, which said that the glory of the young is their strength and the splendor of the old is their gray hair. Well, when you're middle age, there's a pretty good chance you have some of both. Now, many might also look at middle age as the time they started to figure things out. Maybe by the time you hit 30, 40, 50, you think you've got a pretty good feel for how the world works. You have some experience under your belt. You've developed some common sense. By then, you probably know who you are pretty well. Your strengths, your weaknesses, your abilities, your inabilities. And you might even be relatively at peace with all of it. And true, you might not be perfect, but by the time you hit that age, you probably have most of your priorities in order. As the youth say, by the time you hit middle age, you've learned to adult. But with middle age, you've also got some unique opportunities. In this season of life, many are getting married, starting families, both of which are considered good gifts of God in Scripture. Maybe you've started a career you found some meaningful work, some meaningful cause that provides you a sense of purpose and hopefully some economic stability. Perhaps you've even gotten to the point of laying down roots. You found where you think God has called you to be, and you've embraced that place, rather than chasing every new shiny opportunity the way you might have when you were young. Hopefully by that point you found a good church to call home a local family of God's people you've committed yourself to, and they've committed themselves to you as well. So if all of this stuff, or even some of this stuff, is true of you between the ages of 30 through 59, then you have a lot to thank God for. Lots of opportunities. Lots of blessings. However, like the other two seasons of life, middle age might not be all positive all the time. So what about the negatives of this season of life? What about the challenges? What about the temptations? Well, there are certainly challenges. For example, if you are married, you'll quickly learn after a few years under your belt that marriage isn't always a fairy tale. It's not always a cakewalk. Perhaps you've experienced the pain of divorce. Or maybe by this point, if you aren't married and you long to be, You've started to wonder whether or not that marriage will ever come. Or maybe your career hasn't gone exactly the way you thought it would. You've lost a job. You've had to make an unexpected career change. And you've struggled through 
the resulting economic instability and uncertainty and maybe even self-doubt. If you have children, you've learned that while having kids can be an extraordinary source of joy, at times it can be incredibly stressful and maybe even heartbreaking. Maybe by this point in your life, you've sat back and watched as your children made decisions that harmed themselves and others. Maybe your relationship with your child has been marked with tension for some time. Or maybe you've lost a child entirely. You've also entered the season of life where loved ones older than you are starting to deal with failing health. The people who have always led you, the people you've always trusted, the people who have always cared for you, you're now having to care for them. You've even been to some of their funerals. And the aging has maybe even hit you too. Yeah, you've still got some time left, but you're starting to feel a little stiff. Maybe you've had more health issues at this age than you expected. And then, of course, there are existential questions that many people wrestle with in this season of life. Perhaps we look back on our youth with regret, wondering how our lives might be better or easier now if we had made different decisions way back then. We fear the future as we have to start thinking about things that we didn't think about before. Things like life insurance and whether or not we're saving enough for retirement. Maybe even writing a will. Maybe we wrestle with bitterness or despair. Because by now we've seen enough tragedy, injustice, enough evil to believe what scripture says about our world being fallen. In middle age, birthdays and holidays might just not mean as much as they used to. And life in general just doesn't have the same romance, the same charm that it once did. Now, those are just some of the potential challenges of middle age. But don't forget about the temptations. In this season of life, perhaps we're more tempted than ever to worship the false gods that our world tries to sell us. We're tempted to elevate things like marriage, family, career, money, pleasure, success, and sex onto the highest pedestals of our lives. And like the preacher of Ecclesiastes, we may run the risk of devoting this season of life to pursuits that ultimately prove to be vain. And when we're older, we come to the sobering realization that we spent decades chasing after wind. Like the man in Jesus' parable in Luke 12, verses 13 through 21, we may spend our lives amassing worldly pleasures, only to discover that in what truly matters, our eternal standing with God, we are poor. Or maybe in this season of life, we find ourselves worn down by the dull, routine monotony of middle age. We feel like we're just going through the motions. We feel restless. We might wake up next to the same person, put on the same clothes, have the same fights with the same kids, drive the same car to the same workplace we've been driving to for way too long. At this point in life, we may start longing for something different, something exciting, some kind of adventure, any kind of adventure. And that may be the cause of what many refer to as the midlife crisis. In 2 Samuel 11, we see maybe the closest thing in Scripture to a midlife crisis. 
That's when David stays at home in Jerusalem rather than going out to battle in the spring of the year. Based on the story, based on what we know about how old David was when he became king, how long he reigned when he died, it's safe to assume that David may have been middle-aged when he committed the most infamous sin of his entire life. Perhaps David, with most of his enemies defeated, with his throne established, with his body not getting any younger, maybe David was just feeling a little bit restless. Maybe he was looking for adventure. Maybe he was looking for excitement. Maybe he was looking for something new when he saw Bathsheba and he committed great sin. We too can fall into sin when we have that sense of restlessness, when we have that sense of discontentment, when we feel like we just want something new, just want something different, just want something exciting, just want some kind of adventure that can lead us into great sin. So middle age can be full of blessings. It can be full of opportunities. But it also brings challenges and temptations. And if you compare a lifetime to a race, in some ways you could argue that middle age might be the most grueling leg. You don't have the same bounce in your step you had when you left the starting gate. But you also don't have the finish line in sight to motivate you to keep going. This might be the part of the race that requires the most discipline, the most endurance, and the most focus. So maybe the best reminder that we can hear in this season of life, really all seasons of life, but especially this one, is to fix our eyes on Christ. Fix your eyes on the one who left the glories of heaven to put on human flesh while retaining his eternal divinity. The one who faced temptation from Satan himself and this fallen world, and yet was without sin. The one who didn't make it far into middle age before offering himself up as a sacrificial death on the cross for our sins. The one who rose from the dead in power, ascended to God's right hand, and still sits there at this moment. The one who will one day return with the clouds of heaven to establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Fix your eyes on him. Not marriage, not money, not pleasure, not power, not success, not sex. Above all else, fix your eyes on Christ. Find your joy, find your purpose, find your contentment in him. Because he will not let you down. And know that while you might not be as bright-eyed and bushy-tailed as you were when you were young... There's still a place for you in the kingdom. God still sees you. God still knows you. God still loves you. It might feel like everyone else has forgotten you. It might feel like you're not doing anything substantial, not accomplishing anything significant. But remember that God can still use you in this season of life that you and everybody else might be tempted to overlook. Now, at this time, I'm going to ask a few of our congregants to come up here. I'm going to start with Cody and Monica Street, and then Meg Kors, and then Mark and Lori Heinzman. And actually, you can all join me on the stage at the same time. 
So as these people come up, you know that each of them have answered the same five questions that we discussed with the younger people last week. Question number one, which we should have these on the screen. Question number one was, what are the unique challenges of following Jesus in this season of life? Question number two, what are the unique opportunities you have to follow Jesus in this season of life? Number three, what wisdom would you offer other believers, in their case, believers both younger and older than they are? Question four, how can your brothers and sisters in Christ better serve, pray for, and encourage you? And then question number five, what unique contributions can you make to the body of Christ at your age? So, as we said last week, each person received these questions well in advance. And I was also seeking people who you don't normally see up here. People from a wide variety of experiences, wide variety of perspectives, even though they do all fall in the same age range, 30 through 59. So, with that, I am going to start... You are 59, right, Mark? Oof. I was nervous. So we're going to start with Cody and Monica. So Cody and Monica, here you go. For all of you, make sure you're holding the microphone really close to your mouth when you're talking. That way people can hear you. Does that sound okay? Good. Uh, So if you don't know Cody and Monica, they've been at Prairie View for a while now. Uh, Cody is a military veteran, uh, Fisher's police officer. Monica's a stay-at-home mom. They have four kids, ranging from two years old to nine years old. So they have a lot of fun at their house. So, Cody and Monica, uh, question number one. Naturally, understandably, you talked about your kids a lot in your answers. uh, And specifically, there was a phrase you used that stuck out to me. And the phrase was, we are so focused on our kids' walk with God that our own walk goes by the wayside sometimes. Finding time to carve out adult devotions is challenging. So the question is, is there any guidance that you might offer to other parents, other families like yours who might face the same challenge? The challenge of leading your kids spiritually while also caring for yourself spiritually. What guidance might you offer? Um, I'll start. Uh, First of all, I was not prepared. Anybody else got their papers? But for me, um, personally... Being um, involved in a small group um, or a life group is huge. Even online Bible study, I've done these too. Um, it keeps me accountable. I'm forced to pray and read my Bible every day. Um, and even sometimes um, when I'm not, I'm not ready to, I'm busy with the kids, I'm thankful that at the end of that time that I did take the time to sit down and focus on it. So it keeps me accountable. Okay. Uh, for me, personal time with God is, is something that I need to be more intentional about. Um, I want to go to the, you know, the Friday breakfast and all that, but with the way my work schedule is, I can't, I can't make it. Um, and my work schedule is extremely irregular, so a lot of the things that I want to go to, I can't. Um, I will say, though, the, the fact that we do the family worship every night uh, and Monica can tell you what it's called after this, um, gets us in the Bible every day, and we, you know, pray together with our kids every day. Um, so even though I might not have as much personal time with God as I want, um, I do, you know, get to um, experience him with my family every day. Okay. And then question number two, Cody and Monica, 
Uh, At another point in your answers, you said, and I quote, This is truly the busiest season of our lives, and it does take a church village to raise a child. So how specifically can your fellow believers here be that village? Uh, How can we help you and other families like yours do what you need to do to raise your children uh, in Christ? How can we better help and pray for and encourage and serve you? So uh, what I wrote down is we appreciate godly wisdom um, from older parents. Knowing what was helpful or not in your journey will help us on ours. Uh, Be present in the young parents' lives in the church. Uh, It's extremely helpful. And uh, prayer for parents and all the kids in the church. Um, Kind of going off what he said, um, it's encouraging to see people back there working with our kids every Sunday. We feel like we're not alone doing this parenting thing, um, that there's a whole bunch of people out there um, that are interacting with our kids every week and um, praying for them and being part of their spiritual walk um, is really encouraging for us. And then also um, just the practical help. It's a really busy season for us. We're having new babies, running kids around to soccer, uh, surgeries, health problems. Um, So just being intentional about looking for ways to serve families. We're not always going to ask for help. Uh, We're too prideful to say, hey, you know, can you watch our kids? Can you bring us a meal? We're really busy this night. Um, I will say that the diaper drive is really awesome. It's a very good practical way. So just looking for, like, more specific things, like, hey, um, I know you just had a baby, so when can I bring you a meal? I'm already going to bring you a meal, so let me know. Just being very specific, not taking no for an answer, (laughs) because we're not going to ask for it, but we're always going to accept help um, as long (laughs) as you come to us. (laughs) All right. And thank you for uh, stressing the significance of diaper drives and the months when my family is having a diaper drive. I'm here for you, Ben. All right. Well, Meg, you're next, so feel free to grab the microphone. Uh, Most of you already know Meg. She grew up in this church. Uh, She's been serving in a number of ways for a really long time. Uh, She is Kim's daughter, uh, Tom's daughter, so she has a unique cross to bear. Uh, We will be praying for her. Uh, But Meg, I'm going to start with question number one. Uh, In your answer about the unique challenges of following Christ in this season of life, you said this. Uh, You said, I think there are so many distractions in this season of life. There is always constant change and a lot of stressors that can so easily distract you from following Jesus. So my question for you uh, is, what are the biggest things in this season of life that you think can distract people your age from Christ? Uh, And in your case, what's been most helpful in bringing you back to focusing on Christ when you've gotten distracted? Yeah, so um, kind of the biggest distractions, I think, are the same for a lot of people. Um, I don't have children, but family is a huge part of that distraction, no matter if you're married or not, quite honestly. Um, I was with my nieces and nephews this morning. I did nothing but puzzles and do baths and things like that. Um, and then, you know, really the stress of money, your job, where's your career going to go, um, kind of what you hit on already this morning, and then really where, what does my future look like? Um, 
you know, you really start to think about your parents' health, your grandparents. Like, what if Tom Kors makes it to 100? Like, what? <laughs> it's, <laughs> we laugh, but I've thought about it, and it's a little scary. Um, and, you know, another huge distraction, and we talked about it in a small group this week, is, you know, really technology and that being at our fingertips. And when I'm not thinking about those things, you know, it, the world is at my fingertips, and what, what am I looking at? So what brings me back? Um, honestly, it's being a part of this church community. It's attending church as many Sundays as I can, serving in the church, um, attending small group, um, even something as simple as volleyball on Monday night. It gets it physically on your calendar, and then you're, it kind of points your focus back. Well, I'm making time for this. I can make time. Um, for those daily prayers and um, my Bible studies, and and that really brings the focus back and helps to strengthen that relationship. Okay. And Tom, we love you. Just so you know. We all want you. All right, Meg. Question two. Um, I really appreciated your response to question number four. Uh, question four. Question number four is: How can your fellow believers better serve? pray for and encourage you in this season of life. Uh, yeah. So would you be willing to, to basically just share your response that you shared with me, yeah. share that with the congregation? Um, it really feels like life is starting to just fly by, and it also comes with a lot more turb- turbulence in this time of your life, too. Um, you actually hit on it. Don't wait till I reach out to ask for prayer or encouragement, but occasionally be more proactive, and I think this goes for any stage of life, honestly. Um, if we're reaching out, it's probably because it's a little too late. We're probably already stressed, anxious, or even worried. So coming to me directly and asking what you can pray for is just extremely encouraging. Um, in this kind of age group, because a lot of us, or a lot more people are relying upon us, in so many different ways, whether it's your coworkers, your family, your friends, um, we don't think to reach out beyond ourselves a lot of times um, to ask for the help in the form of prayer or encouragement. I felt a little more unique as a single person um, here in the, in the church. Um, I don't have that person who, at the end of the day, I can turn to and say, you know what, today stunk. Um, so, um, and, you know, could you help me with this? Can you pray for me? Uh, I have to actively seek that out. So, um, yeah, so, sorry, I lost where my answer was. But, um, <laughs> so, and it's not always easy when I just see you on a Sunday morning. So if I happen to say everything's fine and there's nothing, that's honestly probably not true um there's always something i could use prayer for and encouragement in um you may just have to draw it out of me a little bit um but i think a big general prayer for even this stage of life is that we don't lose focus during this time and we keep our focus on what is actually important and that is our faith and relationship with jesus all right and then finally we have the heinzmans um no offense, Mark and Lori, but you might be able to tell they're on the farther end of the age range, uh, the middle age range, 30 through 59. Uh, they've been here for a long time. Uh, they've raised two kids in this church, both of whom are building their new adult lives uh, as we speak. 
And so Mark and Lori, uh, I wanted to start with question number one. Uh, you offered some wisdom to younger believers, and specifically you said this. Stay firm and keep the faith as you are the future of Christianity in this evil world we live in. Find a church to call home. We hope you find it here. And once you do, stick with it through thick and thin. It's not about who is leading or preaching at the church. I mean, it's a little bit about that. Rather, I'm just kidding. Rather, the people of the church become your family of believers. You celebrate with them, mourn with them, and help each other through the good times and the bad times of life. So I would ask you, can you give an example of an event in your lives when your fellow believers were really a family to you? That is a very easy question for me to answer. Um, Twelve years ago, I was in a very bad car accident. And within, I would say, two hours of after my accident, there was a chain, a prayer chain going around that was started by a former member. And by five or six o'clock in that evening, the, um, the waiting room was full of believers. So during that time, during the time in the hospital, they continually showed up, offered prayers for me. And um, then for the, I would say for the next eight months, they continued to show up with food, with prayer, which the food was wonderful, by the way, and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a lot of good cooks in this church, by the way. Um, so you guys were wonderful through that whole thing, and I'm not sure we could have made it without you. All right. And then question two, uh, I also appreciated this comment you made. Uh, and this is in response to question four as well. Uh, how can your fellow believers better serve, pray for, and encourage you? Uh, and you said this. Now that we're empty nesters, we'd like prayer for our next season of life. That includes retirement, grandkids, maintaining health, and caring for our parents. Uh, so what about making the transition to being empty nesters has been the most challenging for you? And what guidance would you give fellow believers who are about to be or currently are kind of going through the same transition? You're empty nesters. You're both still working. Uh, what kind of guidance would you give to fellow believers in that same phase of life? Well, as you all know, we're right at the end. The He's closer than me. <laughs> 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 but um, I think the biggest challenge for us has been finding time, spending time together, what we can do together as a couple. Um, you know, you, you kind of dote on your kids as you know, spiritually speaking. You you spend your whole life, you know, your middle age raising your kids, making sure they're getting what they need, getting them on to the next phase of their life. So we've done things just as simple as two things that neither one of us have really liked to do in life is uh, cooking or exercising. So we've made a couple of changes in our life where we've made it fun. We actually cook together. Um, <laughs> not not the best, but um, we. Actually, I've been cooking together at least three times a week, and um, we made it, we, you know, carved out that time. And we also started up, I just thought about this too, coming up here, um, we started up an exercise program that we do three days a week together, um, mainly for Mark after his accident. He um, has a lot of issues with his legs, one of which, if he can all be in prayer, he's got a, a surgery coming up in a, about a week and a half on this leg. Um, so he's been through many surgeries. He's got a lot of issues with his balance and strength in his legs. So we started something together, and that's 
been very helpful. He didn't injure this leg from that, so actually did something mowing our daughter's yard. So, <laughs> our new house. It was actually um, an old football injury. <laughs> That's what you'd like to say. Um, but yeah, just I think um, just try to find things to do as a couple, because if you keep your strength together as a couple, then you can also get your strength together for the Lord and, and what you need to do to serve him better. Um, so if you're not strong together, you can't be strong in the Lord. So. True. Okay. Well, again, let's thank uh, the Streets and Meg and the Heinzmans for coming up here. Uh, part of the logic behind this sermon series, this crazy idea, uh, is I think there's a lot of accumulated wisdom, a lot of accumulated godliness in this church uh, that you can tap into, that you can be encouraged by, uh, regardless of what season of life you're in. And uh, so many of the people who have come up on the stage are examples of that. Uh, and I'm sure that'll be the same next week as well. Uh, there are lots of godly people here who can serve you and encourage you and build you up as you go through your own seasons of life with whatever God might have in store for you. Uh, so again, let's thank these people for being up here. And then I'll pray uh, and pray for these people and, and, and as well. Stay up for the prayer. Uh, so anxious to go get your kids. Um, let's pray for these people, and then after the prayer, Eric and the worship team will lead us as we sing. Father, again, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time that we have together. Uh, thank you for just the opportunity to talk a little bit about the different seasons of life that we all find ourselves in uh, at one time or another. Um, in this case, middle age, when so many things demand our attention. Uh, when so many things can distract us, when so many things can discourage us even. Um, I pray that we would keep our eyes fixed on you. And thanks that we have a lot of people in this church who are in this season of life, who are going through it, uh, who can support each other and pray for each other and serve each other. Uh, and Father, I pray that we would do a good job as a church, uh, being supportive and, and prayerful and encouraging uh, to people in this season of life. Thank you for the streets. Thank you for Meg. Thank you for the Heinzmans. We pray for Mark's surgery coming up here in a week and a half, that you would uh, be with him, be with the doctors, let everything go smoothly. And again, I ask that you would be with all of us, regardless of what season of life we're in, sitting in this room. May we all honor you and glorify you in that season of life. Again, we love you. We thank you for Christ. We ask this all in his name. Amen.